Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we are June the 25th. Where has June gone? It uh, it just flew by like crazy. Um, I was away this week a little bit, went to a gift show down in Dallas, Texas. Um, nice and uh, hot down there, I tell you. But they've had a bit of rain too, so it's kind of, uh, it was quite lush and green. Um, beautiful tree canopy, nice, uh, nice city just to walk around a bit. And, uh, yeah, it was good to get back in the gift show. It was nice and busy again. People are back out and the businesses are doing what they need to do. Restock on some inventory for next year. Cause typically everything we do is somewhat in that six months in advance. So we have to buy today for, for next summer. So we're trying to forecast what we'll need and what looks good and yeah there's some cool stuff um coming up for next year so again always it's always good to get out and do those things and uh but one thing i like best about that is uh just coming home and walked out in the garden last night and uh walked around and just sort of had a look it's amazing how your plants grow like when you're when you don't see them for four or five days it's amazing the difference um how, how what four or five days does then you just say holy cow did they ever grow so anyways good to see that look forward to after the show get out do a little watering some deadheading and i do have terry kemper with me good morning terry hey good morning merle how you doing i'm doing real good how are you good good welcome back um be- look like yeah thank you look like a beautiful day uh yesterday yeah um, in calgary great. it was nice yeah. yeah, beautiful day. Yeah, so I had a chance uh, was... taking the football game last night, so that was even better. Oh, nice. Yeah. I heard, did we win or lose? I didn't. No, we uh, didn't get a thought... win. It was close, but we didn't get a win. But it was fun. Ah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nothing like a football game on a summer night. So awesome. Well, that's good, and nothing like getting out and doing a little gardening on days like this. And uh, did a little bit of deadheading, couldn't resist this morning. I was walking around the planters a little bit of, so like I said, look forward to get out and doing that. And this is the time, I know we touched on it a little bit last week, Terry. Um, this is the time is when you really want to try and get out every three or four days or whatever. Just just walk around and just just pinch off. But more than just the petals and the and the so you try and get the whole stem off like go right back to the main branch get all the stems off and that will tell that plant that you better keep pumping out more blooms we're uh, right. we're not done we're not going to let you off easy with that we want more <laughs> so got work to do yeah yeah and and feeding because again like the more i this think about our soil and like in your pots especially if you if you have a little bit smaller pods or depending on what soil you're using, they, they need that energy to, to produce the foliage, produce the bloom. So either fertilize, like I said, weekly 15, 30, 15, or if you just like a good old purpose, 20, 20, 20 is a, is a great one you can use in the yard. Or if you're a rage plus person, um, the rage is always a good one to use as well. So it, it's just good to feed, feed your plants. They, they need it, and you, and you will see a big difference uh, in in what they're doing. I had an earlier texter already asking. She had three hydrangeas. Two are blooming, one's not. Um, and I just suggest I ask first about sunlight because that's a big factor in if shrubs are blooming. Yeah, and then nutrients, sure. right? 
So yep, absolutely. She said the ch- the sun was all the same. So, well, we tick that box and we go down to the next one. Um, <laughs> probably food. So let's let's give it some phosphate. And uh, you want that little bit of higher middle number. So you want either a 15, 30, 15, something like that. Um, get some of that down into the roots and uh, and get that thing blooming before summer's over. Um, but it is interesting. went to a garden center yesterday in Dallas. This massive. And they go through their annual seasons too. They're just finishing up. But they had a lot of annuals. But still amazing. Like They use all, basically all the same annuals. So it's, it's kind of neat. Um, just when you get into the trees and shrubs, they have wisteria is a big one down there and the big magnolias, things like that. So, and yeah, lots of cactus and yeah, love it. But this was a big garden center. It was just outside the Dallas, uh, um, farmer's market. So it was, uh, it was always good to see and chat with the, with the staff. And I always, always chat with the staff and, uh, so was, <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I've been yeah, there. Yeah, you've been with me at a garden center, eh? <laughs> we've even we've rolled a few hoses up. We've done yeah. some stuff. Help some people out, water help, a little bit help here with there. Some watering and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like to have some fun with them and uh yeah. and uh anyway, so this time of year you want to really this is our maintenance period, eh? Or add those empty spots. So if you're some of your planters maybe didn't fill out quite the way they should have. Right now is a great time. I know we just started our sale, the the BOGO buy one, get one 50% off sale on all the annuals. So you can you can go in and just fill in those empty spots right now and uh, add those little – so I notice I have a couple – one planter, just the petunias just didn't fill in quite, so I'm going to grab a couple more petunias today and uh, plant them up, fill them in a bit, and uh, let that fill in. But this is the time of year when you can do that, and with the sales being on, you – save a little bit and how how is the tree and shrub uh, inventory looking looking really good yeah looks great out there um we just got a, a shipment this week from our friends at jrt um mm-hmm. so it had uh, some shrubs um and a couple little trees on there um and uh also some fantastic perennials too like the perennial house is just uh busting with color right now it looks fantastic awesome <clears throat> yeah and Casey from JRT, he was uh, a very integral part of bringing the Cowrie boxwood into into produ- propagation and into oh, production. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he back in the day got some cuttings out of the out of the Reader Rock Garden that was brought over from John Reader, whatever a hundred years ago. Whenever he brought yeah. uh, the Cowrie boxwood over, and it wasn't called the Cowrie boxwood back then. I'm not sure what it was called. But something from over in Europe, yeah, and uh, and then they went, went around the garden and said, "God, there's a hardy boxwood that's lived here for a long time." So propagated it, propagated it, and now it's into production. You'll see it in a lot of nurseries are growing it all over Western Canada, even into the states. So um, that's a it's a good local story when we can see some of these plants, and really that's what happens when they they go over to Europe, and nowadays they're still going over to Europe looking for new varieties. Um, bring them over, propagate them, test them, trial them, and if they do good for, I think five years is kind of the 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 standard uh, bar that they they have set in a right. certain zone, and uh, then they can okay, that's a certified zone five or whatever it is, and or zone four or three, and uh, and then away it goes. So 
I, I don't know. You get interested in that kind of part, and there's some really cool people in our industry that uh, when we go to the shows and different things or our nursery visits with our growing partners, uh, we get to learn all kinds of fun stuff. So, anyways, let's go. And the phone lines are wide open 403 974 8255. And that is the text and talk line. We've already got a few texts. I've been answering them. They were up early this morning. They were texting even before yeah, the show. I see that. And uh, <laughs> which was uh, which was good. And I was just sitting here getting the computer already, and the texts were coming in. So I started answering them a little bit early, which is um, don't mind that because sometimes they get a little bit piled up, and we try to get through them all. But if you want to join us, phone lines are open 403 974 8255. Let's go to Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. Maybe not. Debbie's not there. Hi, Debbie. Hello. Nope. I guess uh, she may be not there. She's not there, Renee? No. Okay, no worries. Um, So, Terry, also at this time of year, like I talk about filling in annuals, when you said the perennial... And you and this time of year we bring in bigger perennials. So you're hitting in the one gallon, two gallon, five gallon yeah. perennials. So you're getting a, a lot more mature plant. And this is also a great time if you have those empty spots in your garden you want to add. If also you're looking at that shade garden, you want to add some things. So what kind of shade stuff do you got right now that's looking good? Uh still bees. Craziest still okay. bees. Just beautiful. Uh, again, those just came into us from JRT, and they look fantastic. <clears throat> I don't think I've seen a nicer selection. Um, we didn't bring in, you know, uh, tons of different varieties. We uh, we brought in, um, depending on the, the type, 15 to 20 each, but there's probably um, 8, 9, 10 different varieties out there. <clears throat> some shorter, some taller. But, uh, yeah, I just, the intensity of, of that plant. Uh, and they're good-sized plants, too. Like So um, lots in one-gallon pots, but also lots in the two-gallon pots. So, I mean, you pop that two-gallon stilby uh, into the middle of your shade garden, it's going to, you know, it's going to light the thing right up. <clears throat> this instant, instant yeah. impact, eh? Nice. Yeah. I love and that. Some, no, that's... Really, uh, go ahead. I was going to say some really nice hostas, too. Um, I, I'm not a huge one for uh, keeping the flowers on hostas, but there's one particular cultivar out there with a, a variegated leaf, but a super bright, bright white flower. Uh, the contrast nice. against the flower against the leaf, um, stunning. Yeah, they look, look great. I think, uh, I think some of those will be following me home. Yeah, no, I was looking out the window this morning. I got some, because I'm in a newer, new house to us. Um, they had a few perennials that uh, have popped up and they're kind of growing. I got a, shuffle them around a little bit but there's some nice little uh, autumn joy sedums some um hostas i'm going to definitely keep in the garden and they had two topier um mugo pines sort of type or uh and so i'm just i've i've tightened them up did a little bit of pruning with them and going to revitalize them a little bit and get them back to back to health and then i'm going to add some plants so look forward to doing that in the next couple weeks as well we're going to take a quick break when we get right. back, phone lines will be wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered, and we got you covered here on the phone lines. We still have a couple spots if you'd like to join us, 403-974-8255. Um, let's go to Letty. Good morning, Letty. Yes, I I have uh, tomato plants that I grow in five-gallon pails, and the leaves, the tomato plants are about a foot and a half tall, but the leaves are all curling. Now, I don't know, can you over-fertilize plants? Um, yeah, you can. They, they kind of get overstimulated, and there's just too much there for them to use. What Are they kind of like just the tops are curling over? No. Not only the tops. Well, I thought maybe the heat. Like I've grown tomatoes for a long time, but there's, but these, it seems like it's affected a lot of, more of the plants, and the leaves are curling just like they got arthritis. Eh? And I've looked to see if there's any bugs on them with the microscope, and I can't see anything. So it's got to be something. You see some kind yeah. of disease or something. Yeah, you can get. There is a fungus that gets in there. Um, what, what's your watering sister situation? Um. I water from a well. We live okay. on a farm. Okay, but do you water? Is, do they stay consistently wet, or are you over Like, or do you let well, them dry in between? You know, I've been watering them pretty good. Okay. And um, has anybody sprayed any herbicides, or anything like for any of the farmers' fields, or are you guys like for Killex or anything? No. Nope. Okay, they do get affected by by drift quite easily sometimes. Um, unfortunately, there is a few things. If they like, also underwatering is is a big one for that as well. Um, also, just lack of nutrient. But are they in new soil every year? Um, I put probably put half new soil, and I put some chicken manure in there, and some. I think it was 20, 20, 2010, 10 that I had and some of that blue fertilizer. Yeah, do you, lots, but do you mix that with water first, then put yeah, it in? put water okay. in. Always. Like the plants grew beautifully and I don't know if it's the heat. And it, and it could be that a little bit. They do get extreme high temperature will, will curl the leaves as well, like too much sun as well. Like... Um, can curl them. Unfortunately, yeah, in tomatoes, like, there's four or five different <laughs> things that that make them like extreme high temperatures, too much sun, underwatering, and poor soil uh, nutrition. But there's also a virus that gets into them, and it makes it look like the hands have arthritis. So that's the other thing. Like if they get curled over and kind of hard, um, yeah, they get. Yeah, curled over. A, now I have started to prune a bunch of those leaves off. Eh, all about. Yeah. You know, yeah, and do that. So how many how many leaves can I basically leave on there? Because there is blossoms, and there is maybe a few little tomatoes starting. You, hey, a tomato will vigorously grow back, though. If you remo remove a bunch of those leaves and and see if you can get it that way, you might also want to get a fungicide, um, like even a copper spray, or the Bordeaux, or Pure Spray Green. Um, give them a shot of that. And, oh, and say and the last one again, please. Pure, pure spray green. Pure spray green. Yeah, we have it down at Spruce Up. It's a insecticide. It doesn't say fungicide on it because um, with our government, they'd have to pay another million dollars to uh, to register it as a fungicide. 
Okay. But the same product in the United States is registered as a slash fungicide and insecticide. And it works really. And unfortunately, if it gets a virus, you you almost have to pull out. That's the problem sometimes when you reuse your soil. Um, If there is any viruses or things in there, so sometimes in my if I'm growing tomatoes and certain things, I I try to use fresh soil every year. Um, You just don't want that kind of because it it, it's gotten into our system quite readily. Like they've gotten rid of so many of the good like the other systemic fungicides that we used to be able to use. So some of these things are more are easier to come by, unfortunately. So. Alrighty, well I'll try that. Yeah, just keep pruning them off like you're doing, and see if you can grow out of it, and just dispose of those and clean your clean your pruners or every time you cut, so you're not spreading the virus to each each branch. So you can just okay. give it a quick spray or have a have a bucket of bleach with water or something or or a little spray bottle of uh, Lysol spray. And just after each cut, just give it a quick little spray and and a quick wipe. And just while you're doing those kind of pruning cuts, because you just don't want to spread that um, fungus, if that's what it is, to all the other ones. Okay. All righty. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Good luck. Sorry. If you want to text us a picture, we could maybe have a little closer look. Same phone number. If you want to send us a picture, we can have a look. Okay. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, Terry, that's a tough one, eh? And I also got Marty. looks like he's kind of getting the same thing. They just start curling that top. Marty's, I think, is a little bit of a heat-related um, issue that he has. Um, yeah, I would just pull them work. off. Yeah. Yeah, I think what's uh, made is they're so prolific at, you know, producing um, new leaves that, you know, if, if you but do, that was if something... you do on the aren't doing the right, right thing for you, yeah, pull them off. Yep. And that was uh, like, I don't know, 30 years ago or whatever it was. We we didn't see as much on tomatoes. Unfortunately, tomatoes, it, it's I, I see this so, it's way more common nowadays. Um, so, anyways, let's go. What time is it? Oh, we got time. Let's go to Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Merle. Hi. How can we help you? Oh, um, Merle, um, I'm just phoning. We have... um an irrigation and our grass looks absolutely beautiful even with our heat but it happens every year and i feel that my husband waters that he puts on the irrigation too much because come probably july we start getting these spots dry spots all over the yard and so um i took i took some to our nursery out in red deer and we dug deep because she wanted to look at the roots and everything. And she did, it, um, it took her a few days, but then she got back to me and indicated that, yes, it looks like it's just being overwatered. Is there a set uh, amount that we should be watering? Because, like, I know it's going on every day at what, about And what is he using? Yeah, for how long? Um, probably about 15, 10, 15 minutes each spot. Yeah. See, I would, I would, I would do, yeah, I would do it different. I would do it sort of twice a week, a little longer each time. Like I would go sort of 30 minutes, um, each morning, like twice a week. And rather than that way it soaks and gets nice and deeper, gets the roots down deeper. Um, also what are you guys fertilizing with? 
Well, I'm not sure what that is. We have somebody that comes in and uh, fertilizes for us. Okay. Okay. Yeah, a lot, unfortunately, a lot of the fertilizers that people are using, too, is there's no middle number. If they're using, like, Scott's or some of the ones like the CIL, Golf Green, and blah, 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 there's no middle number. Yeah. So, and that's why I've created our Green Up Lawn Fertilizer program as well, is it has a, we've developed it for our soil, for our area. Like it's an 1828.8. I've adjusted just a little bit. I've added, took away a little bit of the phosphate, added a little bit more nitrogen this year. And it's been perfect. Like it's been working so good. And so you need that middle number to get the roots down nice and deep. So you have to water less. And but it gets them down and it gets it through those drought tolerant time when we get into that heat because you're going to have good deep roots so that will make all the difference as well. Adjust the watering and uh, switch over fertilizer and you should be good to go. Okay, so could you just give me give me that fertilizer one more time? Yeah, it's just it's called Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer. Green It Up. Yep. Okay, awesome. that's perfect. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you very much. Bye bye. All right, we got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. And heading in, we're at the. I, I still sometimes this this June flew by like crazy. May, it was a good long steady month. It was great. <laughs> But but June, holy cow! Like it just started. This you know, okay, we're June first, and all of a sudden now it's June twenty fifth. It's just like holy moly! So went by pretty fast. So get out and enjoy the summertime. Um, get out and do some things. And uh, it made me realize that as as this we were just walked around a bit after going to the garden center yesterday in Dallas. I was walking by. They have this one spot where they. Uh, have all these food trucks and stuff. <laughs> so just walk along and I see all these people. I just started looking at them. I go, oh, that's what you do with days off. You sit and social. So it's good to have the, the season to uh, a manageable pace now. So we're uh, <laughs> I'm going yeah. to try that uh, that weird thing. That <laughs> it, it was just interesting sort of kicked into my head as huh I'd give that a try <laughs> let's go let's go to Eve good morning Eve good morning I have about a five-year-old Ohio Buckeye in oh, the nice. middle of an area that is going to be having a upground pool put in is it okay. possible to move it um is there machine access well, I guess so. If you're going to be doing a pool, then you'll be able to. Um, is it a nice, healthy-looking tree? Like, is it worth spending four or five hundred bucks? No. Okay. <laughs> it's a beautiful well, tree, but um, it's right in the middle of where we want to put a pool. Um, unfortunately, you could try. You could definitely try and move it, but the okay. best success would be, especially if you're trying to do it in the summertime. Yeah. is to get in a, a little bit larger tree spade. So something that size, I would probably get like a 48-inch tree spade. And it might be two or $300. I'm not 100% uh, sure. Um, okay. But I, if I would get a machine out, they could dig a hole, dig, yeah. move it. That way would be the best, like after a cool morning or even so what, the guys. Would it take 
there's probably a good chance with the tree spade, you'd have a good chance because you're not going to disturb this, this I'm just uh, the roots. It might and... be just as well to buy another one. Yeah, absolutely. You might spend two or three hundred. Yeah. And but if you if you if the machine's there and he wants to pre-dig a hole when he starts to dig the pool, if you could scoop out a good chunk of it, put it into the new spot and try, and if it doesn't work, you'll have a hole dug for the next one. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, right. thank you so much. Love your show. Thank you so much, Eve. Thanks for listening, and good luck, and enjoy the pool. We will. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate. And, uh, yeah, and, and I guess if you are planning some landscape projects and you look around before you get started, because I had somebody else call in earlier or on the text line asking about uh, um, moving some plants and uh, had some established shrubs that they want to to get rid of, and you just can't. In in the midsummer, it's really hard on on some of the plant material to try and do that when you're digging up the roots, like smaller perennials and things like that. You can do it on those cool wet days. Like I picked up and moved to hosta mid June, July, no problem, and just do it on a cool morning. Pull it up, replant it, and it doesn't even doesn't even know what happens. So, but on some of those larger trees. It is pretty tough. So if you are doing some landscaping or planning, and you have some plant material in there, try and try and get that that early early spring or or late fall. Um, if you're trying to move some of those big things uh, in and out, let's go to uh, Betty. Good morning, Betty. Hi, Merle. Hi. How can we help you? Um, I have some leaf jumpers in my potatoes, and I know you've addressed this issue before, but my memory is not as good as it should be. So could you remind me what it is that you would do to uh, uh, get rid of those little guys? Yeah, I would just uh, use the pure spray green is is some of your best stuff, or the ambush um, with the permethrin in it, the one that is the ambush. It's called Bug X. Okay. With permethrin it's the one that you could also use on that to get rid of those and how many doses of this would you need to do? Uh, you probably do it three every like do it today then again in five days then again in five days okay sounds really good and that should help you get through that and if you have any other vines like virginia creeper things like that pure spray green works great on those and this is sort of when i start spraying those because the leaf hoppers are out like and this year they're out a little bit earlier with the heat we've had and a little bit of dryness. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to get at those before your leaves get defoliated on you. So. Okie dokie. Super do. Thanks, Betty. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Take bye. care. Bye-bye. All right. And I think we still have time. We'll do John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. How are you, sir? Not too bad. Where are leaf hoppers? Well, they're, they look like a little miniature... Uh, uh, grasshopper like they're just tiny little things that get in there and that's the problem though some of you don't see them and they're on the back of the leaves they like virginia creepers um oh. things like that Engelman ivies and a lot of times you don't see them but then you, all your leaves start turning brown because they're on the underside and they're sucking all the all the moisture out of all the foliage so you want to get at those before the damage starts so so my good crop of spuds are okay yeah, they should be fine. Oh. You'll, you'll see the odd leaf hopper on them maybe, but um, unless you're seeing lots, like you said, uh, yeah. Yeah, your, your potatoes should be fine. I got to find you 
crop of spuds. At least the tops are really uh, growing on my loam. Not to, oh, good. Uh, I, I, I took out all my good earth and put in uh, just plain loam. Okay. Like you suggested, no, uh, yep. don't uh, baby them. Yeah, don't baby the toba- potatoes too much. They don't like it too nice. They, That's right. Like they're, I think like they're like a famine food, right? Like back in the day, like they <laughs> used right. to live on potatoes, right? So they can go in the hard times, I think, hey, Terry? Yeah. yeah Be sure famine, okay. Uh, yeah. Question was, uh, when is the uh, good time for spruce trees to be trimmed? Um. Actually, right now you're getting into the good times. A lot of the new growth has already come out, right? And they're just starting to harden up. Um, so now is a good time to get that booked in, John. And, well, I tell you, uh, Merle, you, you and uh, your program uh, talk about uh, snow farming in the wintertime. Yeah. I have fabulous trees. Absolutely, I know you you do that. that. Are you still shaping your spruce trees in the front yard there, John? Oh yes, and that's why I'm I'm looking out, and uh, it's just got like a lovely fur coat on them. They're yeah, I know, I bet it looks awesome, eh? Just big, big, nice blue, nice. Yes, they're or the new growth is four or five inches. Yeah, so this it'll harden off here a bit. So if you give Mark a shout, you can get that booked in. And uh, and then he can get you set up for for getting those shaped up and keeping them nice. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's good. Thank you. Awesome. And Thanks, have a good Sean. summer. Take care, bud. Happy you Canada well. Day coming up. Are you on the Absolutely. Air? Are you on the um, air on well, yeah, uh, July the, the next day? Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, we well, don't I'll just wish myself like a happy birthday by then. All right. Is that I, your birthday? I awesome. hit that big number. Yeah. Again. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> nice. All right. Thanks, John. Love your show. Take care. care. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, John's been calling in for a number of years, comes down to the garden center, visit us, and uh, avid gardener. We've been working on a couple projects here and there with his trees, some landscape stuff. Um, Always enjoy when John gives us a ring. And, uh, yeah, 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 I guess next weekend uh, will be July 2nd, won't it? Yeah, it sure is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh that came fast. <laughs> yeah, and then stampede. Away we go. All right. We should probably take a quick break. If you'd like to join us after the break, phone lines will be wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to uh, Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Nest gardeners are a special breed. Uh, and we're getting more of us. It's out there. It's spreading. <laughs> I've really noticed that last couple of years. Hey, Terry, like coming, people coming through the garden centers, like um, lots of young families. We're in an area in South Calgary. And uh, and with the new ring road, we get people coming from all over Calgary because it's definitely a little bit easier getting around with that new road. And uh, you can get from West Hills to spruce it up 15 minutes which is it's great you can just jump on that the stony trail and zip through there and before you know it you're in south calgary and uh but just a young old like the demographics it's just it's varied we have everybody um new people coming into calgary people that have been here young families people just starting out and i love i start seeing um some of the young kids that uh, have worked with us over the years 
and all of a sudden they come in, they have a wife or a or a husband and a kid now. New and baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Jaden nice said yeah, she ran right into in yeah, Jaden said she ran into your daughter the other night at the High River Rodeo. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was down there having some fun. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, no, and and, uh, and she used to work with us down at Spruce It Up. And, uh, yeah, she spends a little time with us here. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Les. Good morning, Les. Hi, good morning, Merle and Terry. Morning. Hey, how can we help you? Um, I've got a question. I moved into Sundance in South Calgary about four years ago, and we had we have an apple tree that produces apples maybe about size of a pool ball or a little smaller. So I don't know if you call that crab apple yeah. or not. No, but that would almost be an apple. Yeah, yeah, I would call that an apple. Yeah, and, and it's it's always produced a lot of fruit. And for some reason this year, no bloom, no fruit growth at all yet. Do they ever skip a year? Yeah, for sure they do. I yeah, if they've gone through a particularly heavy uh, cycle the year before, sometimes yeah. they just take a year off. Okay, that that explains things because the leaves, like, it's full of nice green leaves, but no fruit. And so that yeah. just means it's recharging, like it's using all its foliage right now, like big solar panels, it's pulling in there. And you might also want to make sure you are... Um, give it a good shot of fertilizer this time of year, like use the 15, 30, 15 a couple times, build the phosphate back up in the soil, and that will help okay. it produce blooms um, next next spring. But yeah, yep. you might get a couple blooms in September. Sometimes trees, when they don't bloom in the spring, sometimes you'll get the odd bloom, like one or two branches will just send out a few blooms in, in September. So... Okay, so it's not anything I, I terribly have to worry about. Um, just no, nope. uh, just taking some time 15. off, just taking us taking one season, just to recharge and get going. Okay, no apple jelly for my family then. <laughs> no, unfortunately, <laughs> not this week, not this year. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, thanks for your uh, help, guys. All right, thanks, Les. Bye. And if you and if you do have apples right now is a good time to quickly chat about that hey terry is is thin out the fruit yeah that's not a bad idea at all especially on young trees um sometimes we get some trees here in the in the tree lot in some small pots that that don't know they're in a pot and they just go crazy and you know they want to produce a dozen or two dozen pieces of fruit on this really small we recommend you know on, on a young plant like that um let the energy go into the uh, the root ball um let it establish for a couple of years. You can maybe keep, you know, handful, two or three uh, pieces of fruit on there. But on more established, um, you're going to want to watch that, you know, if you've got a, a cluster of, you know, sometimes you get, you know, five or six pieces of fruit forming in one area. Um, not a bad idea to go in and send maybe every one of those out. Just give them some space and um, you're going to get uh, a better yield of, uh, of apples. Yeah, so yeah, the energy is not going into just uh all of the fruit so pick out the nice ones and uh, thin out the crop and same with uh like i just know I, like my carrots i tried to be so sparingly with the seed um, um i wasn't able to get uh, some of the seed tape um for my carrots this year i didn't get them early enough um 
but typically I like to use seed tape with some of those really small seeds because you put the seed in and you end up having to pull out kind of half of what comes up, right? You got to thin them out yeah. if you end up with too many. So um, same thing with some of that stuff. And when you get your, even your tomatoes, if you happen to have tons too much on there, yeah, you got to pick off the odd one and let, let the energy go to, to all the good ones and away you go. So, yes. and ensure that you keep feeding your, your tomatoes and all that this time of year, because right now they're just growing like crazy and you want to, you want to ensure that you're, uh, you're definitely feeding and probably should just take a quick break, Terry. And, uh, and then we'll hit the phone lines again. Phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and I'm here with Terry Kemper. Um, found an interesting product at the gift show this past week too, is, uh, some really nice, um, plant lights that just attach to pots at a bit of extent. They're starting to make them a little bit more um, aesthetically pleasing, Terry. So we got some uh, cool ones that we're going to have coming in hopefully fairly soon. And uh, yeah, look forward to that because sometimes sometimes the lights, you don't want to hang a a three-foot tube in the living room. And uh, Yeah, Yeah, it's certainly an area for... um, for some improvement so it's nice to hear that someone's looking at that yeah so if anybody's in the lighting industry and yes you, you have access or trying to design or do some stuff let's get some nice looking grow lights i know we do have the bulbs that you can put into a lot of your fixtures but these ones are built right in so um looking forward to it some nice colors as well so looking forward to seeing some uh nice lights coming in in the next uh next little bit we're gonna go to Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. Yes, good morning, Merle. I've got a quick question for you. We live out in Iracana, and okay. the grass out there, to put it simply, sucks. And okay. I think it's, it's, there's a lot of sand, and yep. yeah, sand or clay, or and we've tried, but I don't know whether it was last year that it just all of a sudden went to crap, or... It is definitely this year, but yeah, there doesn't seem to be anything that brings that rock. Okay, so what if you if you do have a lot of sand, and we we all dealing with that in this southern Alberta region, we had heavy clay soil. So what you want to do is is ensure that you give it a really good raking. If there's a lot of brown spots, get rid of a lot of the the thatch and things like that. Give it a good fertilizer, and you're close enough where you can come by, spruce it up, get some green it up lawn fertilizer. Give it a good good covering with our green it up lawn fertilizer and then do a top dressing of like an inch or so of loam and okay. put that over top of the over top of your grass area so that it this adds some organic matter into it and then just water it and you'll be amazed like within a couple of weeks that grass so, will get eaten up okay so i would put the fertilizer then the loam yes yeah put fertilizer down first so that way it can get right into the roots right away okay and then the loam on top in a thin layer or yeah yeah about an inch thick or so roughly okay okay we had some uh we took out one two like the spruce trees because nothing was growing in the back there and yeah. poplar that was sucking up the water yeah, so it sounds like your soil has been fairly de- depleted probably over the years with these big trees. 
So did you remove? Did you do a big root removal as well? Like, did you remove all the roots, or just do a, a stump grind and and? There was a stump grind, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You you might see some suckers coming up. Depends how big the poplar was. There could be some still roots that are within the grass and things like that. Um, but just if, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So if and if you do get that, you can just just put a, just just spray just the ones that come up with a little bit of Roundup or whatever, and it'll kill those. Um, okay. But but unless you want to dig up the whole area um, and do a full root removal, but if there's enough. We can get your grass. Grass just it, it can grow very easily, but it just needs to get fed properly too. So give it, give it some good. Like I said, the green up lawn fertilizer. Give it a good dose with that, and then also the top dressing. And uh, within two or three weeks, you'll be amazed at how fast that thing will get going. Oh wow! Okay. And now you Alrighty. mentioned that you have a, a place where you're doing the fertilizer. Same, no, yeah. it's a bigger bag, but the same price. So what is the price on that? Yeah, bill? they are thirty nine ninety nine okay. for a ten kg bag. Okay, so. sounds good. All right, good Alberta fertilizer. All right. <laughs> All right, take care. Bye bye. And we actually have time. We'll try and do one more. Let's get Ken in here. Good morning, Ken. Hey, good morning, Merle. Um, hey, how can I've we help a, you? I've got a couple of old mature spruce trees in my front yard one is surviving like crazy the other one is struggling and the bottom branches are dying from the bottom up there was some new growth at the top this spring and i'm not too sure what to do with it um it probably just needs like they need to get have you ever done any pruning or thinning out like inside like where they go in and climb up the center of them and like deadwood it yeah, I've done some pruning on what I could reach, but uh, further up. Yeah. Uh, it might be worthwhile, and you can give Mark a call, and he can come by with prune it up, have a, and he can have a look. He'll give you a free quote, and just he'll, he'll be, give you an honest assessment of the tree as well, like if it's worth spending some money on it, or should we just chop it down, or whatever. So, and um, just get an honest professional opinion without seeing it. It's hard for Terry and I to to totally comment but i would most of the spruce trees a lot of times they just need a bit of tlc and a good um dead wooding up the center you'd be amazed get the airflow going through there prune out some of the dead branches put some bark mulch underneath the drip line of the tree and it's amazing what you'll do there yeah okay because okay, a big yeah, tree like that's probably worth ten thousand bucks right or fifteen thousand well so, that's right yeah <laughs> Um, so, I did try to get a hold of Mark, but he hasn't called me back yet, so I'll try again. Yeah, give him a shout. And uh, in, even if you go online, you can go through our um, the, uh, the Prune It Up on our Spruce It Up SIUGC website, and there's this uh, online thing, this request a quote. But, yeah, call Mark and uh, get him out there, and we'll uh, hopefully get that spruce tree looked at either way. Right on. Okay. Thanks, Thanks, Ken. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. We got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And... 
Let's go to the phone lines. We're going to go to uh, Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. How can we help you? Uh, I've uh, planted some grass, uh, overseeded some, and then planted in some dead spots. I've got it. Uh, I've been watering it every day. It's what took about, I don't know, eight days to come up. It's probably inch and a half, two inches long now. I've been keeping it wet. Yeah. Can I back yep. off on the watering and how how yeah. much? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can back up almost just to normal watering too. Like unless we get into a hot spell, we're gonna get plus thirty like for for a week if you just hit it that every couple of weeks. Um, but you could fertilize it right now too if you want to hit it with some greened up lawn fertilizer. And when it gets about three inches, it it start mowing. Like okay. Uh, and grass loves to be mowed. Weeds hate it. So that's another really good way to help keep weeds out of our lawn. They just don't like being mowed, and but grass loves it. So um, okay, this so time of year, if I see the odd dandelion coming up, I'll, I'll, I'll mow probably twice a week. I don't have a huge lawn, so it's easy for me to say that. But I'll go out and just mow it. I'm trying to do this whole season without – I haven't sprayed any um, – herbicide yet any any uh, herbicide on any weeds and yeah, uh, so yeah no I just I've hit it twice with the uh, greened up lawn fertilizer it's thickened up because Kentucky bluegrass which is typically what our grass is made up of is really quite invasive so it's sort of the more you cut it and feed it like that um, and with the right fertilizer like with ours with the heavy root um, fertilizer um, it'll choke out a lot of weeds. So I'm uh, okay. so far so good. I, I've seen a couple dandelions popping up, but they haven't got to bloom stage because I kind of hit them with the lawnmower before they get there. And uh, oh, yeah. so yeah. far so good. So anyways, but yeah, just you should be good. And you've, you sound like you've done everything right, but you're at you're at close to the mowing stage here this week. Give it a good mow and uh, and then you should just be ready to carry on normally. It should fill in nice. Great. Thanks, Merle. I appreciate it. All right, take care. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> and uh, I always, I still, uh, I love uh, Neil's hat. He's out in Invermere. He has a, uh, has a landscape company out there, uh, McNeil Mowing and Irrigation out there. But on the back of his hats, um, it says "Relax." It's just grass, <laughs> and because grass will go dormant. Like so, if you go on holidays for for a month or something, come back and you, you didn't water, you forgot to get the irrigation or or your kids uh, turned it off, or you just have didn't didn't put out the sprinklers. Yeah. Um, grass is very forgiving. Like you give it a good little rake, give it a little bit of food, it'll it'll rebound nicely for you, and just come back and and say, hey, it's okay, it's, a, it's grass. I'll I'll be there for you. I just went dormant for a while, and I'll bounce back up. <laughs> Don't worry and, about uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll 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 get you. We'll get going. So, um, grass is usually one of the easiest things to fix a little bit of food but and and the right food though right and that's the problem that and that's why we created the green it up just to get the right food in there get the roots down nice and deep for our soil thickens it up enough nitrogen to keep it nice and green and uh and then away you go and good mowing and uh, you should be good to go but yeah so far i haven't pulled out the kill x at all like i said i've seen a couple dandelions popping up and uh and i haven't had to spray them though i've just uh and that's typically all i ever do i don't i'm not one to go spray the whole lawn i always just spot spray if i do see the odd one pop up i just have some kill x mixed up and i just spot spray 
and uh, make sure and more isn't better i've had so many people i go by their place or something and they oh, i got all these dead spots and they try and mix it stronger that that just mix it the way it says on the on the bottle have it ready in uh in the ready to use bottle and then just just spot spray where you see the odd one popping up don't just spray everything for the sake of it because uh it really doesn't do nothing you can't prevent it and i'm starting to see the the weed and feed is back out, which is, it's kind of a useless fertilizer, I'll be honest. Right. It's, it's not weed and feed like the old days. It, what they have in it, it's corn gluten. And what it does, though, it also, but it can hurt your grass as well. Because it, it, it stops germination. It's a pre-emergent. So corn gluten works like a pre-emergent. It'll stop seeds and things like that from germinating. So that's sort of what they're claiming how to be a weed and feed when you see that and i've seen it in some of the box stores unfortunately and it's it's very misleading it's not going to kill anything but also when you're when you're some of your grass seed goes to reseed or if you want to top dress with grass seed and you've been using that it will stop your grass seed from germinating as well because it's a pre-emergent chemical that's been put in there with the corn gluten so that's uh i, I don't that's one product i don't recommend i know I've had we like a couple of years, probably 50, 12 years. I can't remember what it was. Quite a long time ago, we looked at it, and then once I just thought about it more and more, I got rid of it. And we we haven't carried it for years because it just it's not a great one. Even like if, if especially if you're seeding, if you have a perennial garden and you don't want weeds, some of the corn gluten is good to mix into your soil as a as a weed out type thing. It'll help with some of those weeds germinating. But uh, nothing like a good little three-prong cultivator going through there. If you go through there every four or five days, just when they're babies, the weeds pop up and uh, mulch them into the soil and away you go. And uh, try and avoid that as, as much as possible. Let's go to Julian. Good morning, Julian. Good day. How are you today, Terry and Merle? Doing great. Doing good. Good, good. Uh, question for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, earlier this spring, I phoned you to get rid of some pyramid cedars. Uh, okay. Got them out with the help of an axe, chainsaw, and a tractor. We decided <laughs> nice. we decided to go with the Annabelle hydrangeas. Yeah. And we live just outside of Lethbridge, and it turns out they were coming up really nice. They're about two feet high, looking really good. It turns out the deer like them too. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, they can they go after those for sure. Yeah, they were budding out nicely, and all we have left is stems. Okay, will they come back nicely? Absolutely, they'll re they'll regrow. Okay, and um, can I and then put... you might want to get a project. Some of the garden centers down there, you should be able to find it. It's called Bob X. Bob X. And it's a yeah, it's a herb based product, and you can spray it right on the leaves. And it just tastes like, like bad. Okay, <laughs> and that'll get rid of the deer. Yeah, but unfortunately, you have to reapply it like sort of once a month, or right after rain. But it will. The deer will after they come in a few times. They'll say, "Hey, I'm not. Hey, I'm not going to Julian's place anymore. His hydrangeas taste way worse than uh, Martha down the street. <laughs> so I'm going to just go to Martha's. It's easier. So okay, but." But you do that will help, or unfortunately, you could use stucco wire things like that. But it's nice if you can get a spray that works, 
it does smell a little bit when you first spray it on but okay. it, it does the smell goes away quite quickly okay okay great thank you yeah it's either that yeah. or you're uh wondering if you got room in your deep freeze yeah because i gotta recoup <laughs> yeah. the cost on it's the right plants. season that can always happen too <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate um, your insight yeah and what it'll do and sometimes this is a blessing like when deer come in and chew like petunias and certain shrubs and even your roses um, especially if it's early in the season, like right now, you're gonna it's gonna thicken up and just come up twice as thick. So, like I said, sometimes it's a blessing. They do a little bit of pruning for you, because I've seen them come through. I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm gonna kill that deer, like you said, and then all of a sudden, like three weeks later, your petunias are just thick, and they're just like, hey, thanks, man, he got a meal, and now I got nice bushy uh, petunias. Yeah, because we've got clematis growing in the area, and they've taken to them as well. Yeah, so you, so you just got to help, just give it a bit of spray with that Bobex, and you should see some good results. Okay, great. Thank you very much. All right, take care, Julian. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, actually, we might as well, let's do Cam while we're still here. We still got a little bit of time before our next break. Good morning, Cam. Good morning, Merle. Merle, I've got a couple of miniature uh, lilac trees in the backyard. They're, I don't know, eight, nine years old. Um the one tree is completely uh, leafless, flowerless. The other one is like the top of my head. It's got a little patch popping out with some <laughs> growth on it. But uh, I I snipped the, the branches. They're very much alive, but there is no growth. So um, one thing I'm just thinking, and sometimes lilacs will do that. They kind of, you'll see it on, uh, call them their aspens or they just don't leaf out. A lilacs can sometimes do the same thing. So you might need, are you getting any leaves coming out of the bottom, like out of the roots, like suckering up? Yeah, the one tree is really suckering, the other one is. Yeah. So what I would do is, and I would probably just take it right down to the ground, rejuvenate them, and let the shrubs just come back up from the ground. Um, oh, come right and off. I would do that now. Yeah, I would do that today. If you can, get out there, good good if you have a chainsaw or a pruner or a head trimmer take it right down um to the ground okay. three or four inches give it a good fertilizer give it a good water and it probably just went to bed a little bit dry last fall before freeze up and, okay. and that's kind of what happens you got to water them in really good in the fall um they love bark malt shoot because it helps keep them frozen for the winter time and it just sounds like you got a bit of winter desiccation and unfortunately a little bit softer woods like the aspens and lilacs and some of these, they can get that quite easily. And okay. and it's nothing you did wrong, but just, just rejuvenate it. And same thing, I think it could be a blessing. You'll see a nice, thick, healthy lilac next year. And you'll, you'll get good growth this year already. Excellent. Uh, one last thing. My daughter's got a real infection of ligus bugs. Um, okay. What should she do? Terry, you know that one? Locust bug? Or what kind of bug? Like Lucas? L-Y-G-U-I. Lagus, yeah. They get the, sort of that little white triangle at the top of their back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You said kind of a severe infestation? It is, yes. Yeah. Um, sometimes uh, I have tried pure spray green on them um, when there's not, a, a, you know, a huge um, outbreak of them. That has worked okay. Uh, if you get into a really heavy infestation, um, I've had to go with uh, pyrethrin 
based insecticides, something like Endol, and you might need to apply that um, two or three days apart, um, repeated applications. So maybe two to three applications, a couple days apart to get a win on those guys. Okay. Okay. I'll try that. I'll have her try that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, they love the heat. Like right now, you'll see those little beetles. They love, they come out. Yeah. Especially in this heat, they just love it. They get out there and sunbathe. I don't think they do a whole lot. Like they can chew some stuff and do a thing, but uh, they just, they do love the heat right now. So give that a try and uh, hopefully that works out, Kim. Excellent. Thanks, Merle. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break and the phone lines are wide open 403. 403- Nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are open 403-974-8255. And let's go to and uh, Renee, who looks after the show on the back end there. Her and I were just sort of discussing. It's kind of funny. We had all the ladies call in the first hour. And now uh, the second hour is uh, the guys get up and get on the phone line. So it's just kind of interesting and because typically it's the other way around. A lot of times the, <laughs> the guys get up earlier than the ladies call. But now once, once we're into heavy garden season, it switches around. Anyways, just uh, it's probably nothing. It's just uh, interesting observations uh, for something for Renee and I to chat about in between the segments. All right, let's go to Doug. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. How can we help you? So I have a 40 to 50 foot poplar tree that is uh, growing up against my greenhouse. So anyhow, I'm okay. getting it cut down later this month. Yep. Um, once it's cut down, how can I get rid of the roots? Because it's a sucker tree already. So is there yeah. any way to kill off those roots? Yeah, we have a product um called uh, it's it's a stump removing product and you have to drill holes in it and then you put it into the holes into the stump and it gets in there and rots it out from the inside okay so it won't kill it because actually one of my neighbors has one of my sucker trees too and it, so it won't kill off their trees no it just goes in and roots that so that's why you don't want to use roundup or something like that because a lot of those type of trees like aspens and poplars like they're colony trees or family trees where the roots and that are hooked into each other. So if you poison that, it'll go through and and, uh, and could kill the other trees. Um, but if you're just using the stump rot, you'll be fine. And then you got to so get in there and just dig it out. Yeah. So that's the After product name, stump away. rot? Yeah, something like that. It's it's the only one we carry. Like We have one at okay. the store. We're only allowed, and it's behind the counter. Um, unfortunately, it can also be used if you're... Uh, a terrace so uh, not that i want to give any terrace ideas and i don't think they're listening to my show but they might be who knows um but we're only allowed to and if you buy more than four or five we have to take your name and number and report you to the oh, government okay. so. no i only got the one tree i want to get rid of so. <laughs> okay all right we're safe we're safe okay okay but anyways thank you very much so just so you know if you don't see it on the on the shelf you just have to ask we have it behind the tills and uh and uh, and uh, go from there all right Perfect. Thank you very much, guys. All right. Thanks, Doug. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, those are – it's it, when you get those trees, hey, Terry, when they're right up against the foundation, it's uh, it's a, it's always a hard one too, right? 
and to dig them out because you don't know how much of the roots are right up tight to the house or the greenhouse is in uh, in Cam's uh, thought there, like with his, what he's dealing with. And uh, so anyways, or that was Doug, wasn't it? I, I can't remember. I'll yeah, see. those right. those young trees can can look kind of innocent, but um, it, it, it kind of sort of brings home. We really should be reading those plant tags well um, when we're uh, taking new plants home and deciding where to place them. Um, the information on those tags is, is there to help you place that. So if it's going to be a you know twenty thirty foot diameter tree, you want to make sure you're you know you're giving that thing the right space to uh, to grow into. So. Um, they can be a little deceiving it, when you bring them home, and they're you know the, the the trunks on them they're the size of your thumb, but they will genetically they know the size and shape they need to be, so they will get to every bit of their uh, predetermined size. <clears throat> well, actually, and yeah, he was saying it was a sucker tree, but that's the same thing though. You'll see it sucker. Oh, you just leave it, and before you know it, you, you come around the corner, and that tree is ten feet high. Yeah, and, and I've had that experience. Yeah, I've had that experience too with people where they be like, "Oh, look, free trees." Well, those free trees come at a cost down the road, so um, you might be wise to uh, jump on them earlier than uh, than let them go for you know. Oh, I, a do- I have a dozen the same years problem. Have, have problems. Yeah, I have the same problem right now. I got one growing in between a fence and the electrical box in the alley, but it's perfect because it kind of blocks like it's a perfect. It's in the perfect <laughs> spot, but I know I go. I got to get rid of that thing now and. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's not even really my problem. It would be more of the city that needs to do it, I guess. If it lifts up their electrical box, it's in the alley. It's not my tree. But it's growing like within a six-inch thing, but it's about 10 feet high now. But it's growing in that little space. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's within the two-inch gap between the, the fence and the electrical, the big electrical box in the back alley. And it's just – it's uh, but it is in the perfect spot. It kind of It's just in a spot where I don't have a tree back there. And it just blocks out. It's kind of nice. And it, uh, yeah, but that's something myself or the city are going to have to deal with in the next <laughs> couple of years. Um, I guess it'll probably be me if I end up taking my fence down or if it lifts up the electrical box. But I, I don't want to lose my any electricity yet uh, over the winter <laughs> or sometime. And all of a sudden, your, your power's gone and they have to rip it all up. But anyways, we'll we'll deal with that when the time comes. Let's go to Doug. Good morning, Doug. Or did I have uh, that? Was already Doug. Yeah, let's go to Steve. Sorry. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Merle. Hey, I got a question about climbing yellow rose varieties, and I just want to know what may be in the Calgary area. I'm aware there's a something called Golden Showers, and uh, does it do well in the Calgary area? I'll let uh, Terry, because the only one I know is Persian yellow, but let's. this is Terry's specialty. Let's let uh, Terry help you out with some climbing yeah. yellow. Hi. Climbing yellow, you're, you're somewhat limited here. Um, we have lots of, lots of climbers that do well here, not necessarily uh, in that yellow color. I haven't heard of that cultivar that you referred to, but our best one is the Persian yellow. It's kind of a, it's a climber per se. I kind of refer to it as, as, a, as a rambler. Um, it's it will definitely do better if it's got something to grow up against, like a fence or uh, some kind of a, an arbor uh, to help it along. But it typically gets, I've seen it generally in that, you know, five, six foot range um, if you let it go and give it something to grow on. But that's probably your best bet for for us here, for reliability. Um, it's a 
consistent, reliable bloomer. It doesn't bloom for a tremendous, uh, tremendously long time. So when it's in bloom, you know, um, be sure that you enjoy that plant because it does not mm-hmm. repeat bloom typically. Once it blooms, what was the name of the one? Well, I, there's one called Golden Showers. Yeah, and I've okay, heard I'll... of that one. It might and, be one that's uh, just not hardy for us here. I'm just not familiar with that cultivar. I see. Uh, I, I've spotted one in the Ramsey area, and I'm thinking this could be maybe a quite old variety. And it seems to be uh, there's two of them in that yard, and, and one is climbing up a tree, and the other's beside the house and blooming prolifically, and they're not really being a garden carrot, and they're just yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it. The golden showers is actually zone five, so it it probably it could be one that you're seeing is maybe the Persian yellow if you're seeing it bloom right now because I've seen them around blooming like crazy, but wow. the golden showers is zone five, so not quite hardy for us. Like oh, maybe yeah. a fluke, we can get it to five, but yeah, yeah. Ah, but all right. Over, yeah. Okay. Well, very good. Well, thanks for your help, then. I appreciate. It. Yeah, I would. It's probably the Persian yellow if it's blooming right now. And this prolific yellow blooms everywhere, like Terry's saying, and uh, and goes like crazy. But we got to take a break now. All You're right. listening Thank you. to, thanks. Bye. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. All right, let's go to, where are we going to go? We're going to go to, the, <laughs> like, uh, where are we going, Terry? Huh? <laughs> figure this, figure this. I, I didn't get in until uh, my, my flight landed at uh, around 9.30 last night, so I got home about 10.30, 11, and then you kind of wind down, walked around the backyard, looked at some flowers, looked around the stuff, you know, just sort of wind down a bit, and, uh, but yeah, so uh, here I am at uh, at ten thirty and ready to go. All right, it's a lot in one day. <laughs> Absolutely, it's good. Um, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Yeah, they said my uh, my Birkenstocks were in uh, uh, power mode yesterday. They were going. They're <laughs> <had them> in. <laughs> they're, they're in speed mode though, Burks. All right. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Right now, we're going to go to Mark. Good morning, Mark. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How can we help you? I'm wondering, can you winter over uh, strawberries in a raised bed, or do they need to be right in the ground? They they definitely do much better in the ground. Um, you can do them in, in raised depending on the size and the location too. Like if it's just a like a thin window box or something like that, chances are they'll they'll winter desiccate. Um, you could try mulching them over, like even with bark mulch and uh, or moving the boxes or the container into a shaded area, like up against a fence or something like that, and try and cover it up with snow over the winter time, and then pull it back out and uh, put it back into the sunny location for the summer. Any any thoughts on that, Terry, or if you can do that? Or I know you've done a bit more of that kind of stuff than me. Yeah, I, I think you're going to get the best result if you do plant them in the ground. Uh, I mean, certainly strawberries do well um, in containers, but uh, I would, if you want to have them in containers, grow them on, uh, on the patio uh, through the summer, but in the fall, poke those plants into the ground. Uh, just, I think it just is a 
it's kinder to the plant uh, to, to have that, uh, that root ball insulated by the ground. These raised beds aren't really movable. They would be about 12 feet long by How high? 18, inch, 18 inches wide by about 12 inches high. Yeah, so you're about a good foot above ground. Yeah. yeah the only pro- the, the the problem with with raised beds is that um, you know that lift, lifting that that root ball 12 inches above the ground. Um, now you can do some things. You can you know uh, I have heard of people where they'll insulate the perimeter of a raised bed um, with some insulation, like some styrofoam insulation, and that can help. But uh, understand that if you know. If we get into some really cold winter temperatures, like you know the minus 35s, minus you know 40s, possibly, um, that root ball is isn't well as well protected um, by the ground as if they were planted right flush. So those roots could be getting the brunt of that, you know, minus 30 temperature too. Okay, so yeah. into the ground they should go. Yeah, at, at a bare minimum, try to get those into the center of the, the raised bed. Uh, we'll offer them a little bit of uh, additional protection. Okay. And to see, you know, if you slam it around the perimeter, if you could put them down the center would, would help. But, um, yeah, it's... Um, I just wanted to put them in the ground because the squirrels are so bad, then I could mesh them over easier, but right. I will put them right in the ground then. Can I ask one other quick question? Sure. For sure. Um, I've planted some cucumbers and I've got a mixture of ones I used from seed and ones I bought as bedding plants. Both of them are doing nothing. They're just sitting there. Everything else is going great, but they're just doing nothing. They, uh, the seeds come up and they're doing the second leaf, but they're, like I said, they're just sitting there. They're really not doing anything. They look crappy actually. And have you grown like decent cucumbers in this soil before, or is it first, first time? First attempt, yeah, yeah. And it's brand new uh, potting soil. Soil they're in raised beds also, um, but yeah, it's everything else is going great. The squash and everything is good. They're just sitting there. Cucumbers have just sort of come up and are just yeah, not doing much for you. No, and like I said, the bedding plant ones I put them in. And they're just sitting there too. They're not really moving, doing anything. Hmm. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Merle? Um, I'm not a, a huge cucumber grower, so I know I, they like lots of heat. Grown in mounds, yeah. So they they like it a little bit warmer. But if he's in raised beds, I'm not sure what would yeah, be going which on is there. good. And are you feeding them? Is it good soil? It's brand new potting soil that I bought from you guys. Um, it's like okay. a potting soil mix. And yes, yeah. I am feeding them. Are okay. they too wet? 15, they, 30... look, they don't look dark, vibrant green. They look kind of a pale green. They look, they just look sickly. Yeah, they could be getting too wet. Um, like I said, and um, my wife, Carolyn, like I've been gone for five days, whatever it was, and she only watered once over the last, because we had a bit of rain here and there, and ours in a raised bed as well and the cucumbers are just they they don't like to be too wet they can rot really quite easily because if you squeeze their leaves or their stems you can get quite a bit of water coming out of them so they they can run a little bit on the drier side so let let the let let them dry out in between waterings and it definitely makes a big difference as well okay i'll try that then thanks very much all right take care all right thanks bye Bye bye-bye yeah, that's uh, 
that's unfortunate. Like it said, it, we do have such a short season and, uh, and in growing the veggies, but like in Edmonton, they can grow things in containers so much easier because when it, it basically stays frozen and, and, and away it's go. Um, so it, it, it is a tough one, right? It's yeah, uh, right. Raised beds are, are great for, for annual crops, absolutely. But as soon as we start talking perennial crops, like, um, you know, perennial edible crops, like, you know, asparagus and strawberries and all that kind of thing, um, it changes the dynamic, right? Because we're we're doing different things to those root systems than they would normally get planted in the ground. So it's it's a challenge for sure. No, absolutely. All right. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I do have a texter all the way from Saskatchewan, and they're, they get this leaf scorch, and actually Terry just answered on the text, which is great. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and it's unfortunate because they're such beautiful trees. We we're just out on a on a project we're just starting to work on, and and they have a couple big buckeyes and a great big pair, um, just on the west side of Calgary here, and just beautiful. But yeah, can get a little bit the scorch eh, from, and just dry too, right? They can get that fairly easy, and and be careful in what kind of a fertilizer you're using, and and not enough water, and especially um. Saskatchewan, I think they've also um, been getting um, a fair bit of heat in there as well. So I would really look at getting uh, uh, some of that uh, uh, fertilizer and uh, some deep, slow, deep watering just down in there. Because once you get it, it's, uh, it's, 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 the leaves are already burnt. The leaves aren't going to come back. So you almost, if you can, try to pull some off mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and let that re- refoliate, which it will do. But uh, they're such gorgeous trees, so you like to uh, you want to keep them that way. But let's go to Irene. Good morning, Irene. Good morning, Merle. Um, I sent you a little te- uh, video text uh, of my okay. uh, lawn. Um, I have been fertilizing with your Green It Up by hand okay. um, a few times through the summer. I also got some of your three-in-one. Uh, soil yep. and spread some and I, and I put a little bit of grass seed in it but I'm, I've been looking at it the last couple of days and it sort of looks like a patchwork quilt. Um, is that just because I'm not putting the um, fertilizer on consistently or what, what would you yeah, think? What are, what, are you, what are your last four digits of your phone number? So uh, the last four digits are uh, 9940. 9940. Okay, I'm just going to go through and see what can... And, and typically... Yeah, I do try recommend if you can get a spreader because even when you're throwing it out with your hand, it's hard to get it even. Yeah. Um, so even the way we do have the hand spreader, so you can just put it in there. And I always go like if it says set it at a at a six, I go to a usually a three or four. I go lower and I go over it more often. I go a crisscross pattern, and that way I ensure I get good even coverage. Mm-hmm. So that would be okay. my my one. Thing I would recommend to you, okay. and uh, I don't see it for some reason. I'm not sure if the video came through or the or the picture. Can you see that one at all, Terry? No, I'm looking for that one. Yeah, but that would be my guess. I, Irene yeah. is okay. Is 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 get get spreader and just 
go over because you know what i mean when you throw it in a hand it, it it's hard to get it that nice and even especially if you're getting patches and it works mm -hmm. that good too like i i had one of our clients and uh, they had uh, a couple of the young guys that were working on the place um do some fertilizing and then they had the fertilizer and i knew what they did they kind of had it in the thing and they just went over one area and they kind of did a big s and uh, I'm looking, I go, <laughs> and it's all nice and green, this S. But that's because that, that's the spots that got the fertilizer. So it is nice. It, you can tell when you don't get good coverage. It, it'll tell you where you fertilized and where you didn't. So, yeah, it's very obvious. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So give okay. that, just go over it again a couple more times, just a little bit lightly each way, and uh, and then you should be good. Okay. Super. Thanks, Erin. Thanks a lot Take for care. your help. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to uh, Dale. Good morning, Dale. Yeah, good morning. I, uh, hey, how are you? Uh, pretty good. I grow cucumbers every year, and they've been successful. I changed the soil, and they're in a, <clears throat> a planter, all right? And yep. this year, all of a sudden, they like they came up about six inches, seven, nice leaves, and then... All of a sudden, all this white kind of like thing on the leaves, and then the plant just dies. Yeah, it's called powdery mildew. It's this you're getting too much water on the leaf. Um, oh. So if you're watering like with a like a sprinkler or a spray, and you're and you're watering the leaves too much, they prefer to get watered from underneath, like with a soaker hose, or stick right. your water breaker in under. Whoops, excuse me, underneath the leaves. Right. And fill the soil up that way. So that's, or if you're watering at night, like before bed or whatever, and if you get the water on there and it stays on there all night, that alpine currants, any of the, any of those leaves, like the cucumbers, zucchinis, and they have a little bit of hair on them, you know, on the leaf, they have a little bit of fuzz. Yes. So that holds the moisture as well. And that's a perfect breeding ground for powdery mildew. So pure spray green is a great product that works really good for powdery mildew. Right. Yeah, it happened right after all that rain we had, eh? And I was... Yeah. And yeah, so the, the bacteria could have been in there and that little bit of moisture just activates it because that's what that's what happens with these spores. Like any of the... Like all of a sudden you'll see fire blight or your mushrooms. Like it just... You don't see it, then all of a sudden the next day it's there. And it right. just because they get it gets activated when we get those heavy rains, a lot of those funguses and spores are just sitting there dormant, waiting right. and waiting for for something to uh, activate it. And when that moisture hits it, it just boom hits it, activates the spores. So you might be able to still save it, pull off some of the really bad leaves, get some pure right. spray green, give it a couple application of pure spray green, but do it. In the morning like about 10 o'clock on a sunny day here like today is good and uh, right. just try to avoid water on the leaves so basically no water or nothing eh? yeah yeah all right well, all right thank you very much all right take care okay bye, bye, -bye. yeah that powder mildew can be nasty i, I remember i had an alpine current hedge and and uh and i didn't realize they'd get it so easily and that water my irrigation was going right by the by the hedge and then finally figure out hey that's that hits it and then i'd get that powdered mildew all over that alpine current and uh it just it makes things look nasty so yeah and it Anyways. can travel fast 
can, yeah, those know, spores, right? They got because they have a short lifespan, right? Take over, yeah, overnight almost. So, absolutely. Yeah. All right, where are we at for time? Actually, we're going to take a quick break um, since it's our last one of the day. Um, and I don't think I have room for any more callers. I still have a couple more callers on the line that we'll finish up with. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. <laughs> Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And, uh, and if uh, I, I just had someone and they go, we're not trying to be funny, but why do you pronounce foliage, foliage rather than foliage? Um just the way I talk, I guess. I have troubles, I guess. I joke about uh, anything over three syllables I struggle with. So, yeah, it's okay. You can, you can make fun of me, Josie. It's okay. I'm okay with it. Um, but, yes, but, yes, you're probably correct. Um, English is a second language to me. I like to make things up as I go. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's go to Alex. Good morning, Alex. Hey, good morning. Hey, thanks for squeezing me in. Um, well, of course. How can we help you? We uh, we bought a house in in the fall, moved in, and uh, we got a tree out front that needs some pruning. I heard you guys talking earlier about pruning and getting out there right away and doing that. Um, I thought it. I, I thought I needed to wait till the fall. So does, does it matter timing wise? Well, it depends on the type of trees and what you're trying to accomplish. Like right now is a good time to get in and do thinning out. Um, if you have birch or maple, you got to do them when they're fully leafed out. And okay. if you got dead damage or disease branching, it is a little bit easier to see when things are all leafed out totally. So yeah, and it, it's, it's just thinning out that we need to do. So um, I just didn't want to do any damage, uh, long-term damage yeah. to the thing. Yeah, just ensure when you're pruning, just take two or three looks before you cut, because you can't glue them back on. So just have a good look because it's so easy and I've been there. You get up inside the tree, you're looking up in there and you're cutting away and you're like, you get, uh oh, I made that one wrong cut. So, okay, great. Yeah, just, yeah, just take your time, mark it out, take step back, look, cut. And if anything bigger than like four or five feet long or even a little bit short, do, do it in two or three cuts. Like take the one third of it off, move your way in closer to the trunk. That way you don't get any tears. Okay. All righty. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Okay. Good luck. Thanks, Alex. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, pretty. Hey, Terry, like I've been there. You know, you get in there, you're, you're just, uh, and you just get into the zone, and then you're oh, looking yeah. up into the tree. You've spun around eight times, so you're kind of dizzy, and you're reaching up into the tree, and you're just cutting away. You just, okay, stop, stop. Put the put the tools down. Get out. Yeah, look, and then you come man. out of the tree and you look at it and go, "Oh my goodness, what have I done?" <laughs> yeah, no, I've had a couple of those where I took one off, and the first thing to do is look around to make sure no one's seen you. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then how can I fix this? Uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So we've all been there. So learn from uh, from our experience when we joke about that. Like I have zero issues making fun of myself. So um, and learn from my uh, my mess ups here. So. Anyways, let's go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Okay, how about Doug? Is Doug there? Hello, Merrill. Hey, Doug, how can we help you? Uh, I'm living out in Cochrane, and I have a honeysuckle. It's about 10 years old. 
on yeah. the north side of the house, actually in a shaded area. It has foliage on the top. And uh, down below in the front, there's a spot about two foot high that nothing grows there. It's just the wood. Hey, Terry, you want to go to that? Yeah, it's probably just a, a sunlight issue. Uh, those lower leaves just are going to be um, not getting what they need, so you'll get that. With those top leaves on the honeysuckle sort of taking the energy in the sunlight, um, and that's where the, the plant is putting its um, resources. It's just not, there's not enough sunlight probably to get the, that to flush out right to the bottom. Oh, okay. Is it a pretty healthy-looking tree otherwise, or vine? Very healthy-looking, uh, except for that part in the front that as you, like if you're looking at it, looking uh, south, you're at the front and of they, the tree. And they typically will do that. They'll, they kind of get, as the wood gets older, like they, they're ones to get that good, nice-looking, gnarly old wood, right? So just prune off some of the lower branches and just even put something else underneath it maybe that can grow like maybe plant a couple of hydrangeas or something else underneath it or or a, like a smaller evergreen of some sort just to add to it because they have really nice gnarly bark like i love the the honeysuckle bark as it gets older it ha it gets a big deep creases things like that so it's kind of nice it's kind of ornate looking okay thank you very much Alrighty. all right take care and have a great day you as well bye all right and I think we can still fit Roy in here. Good morning, Roy. Good morning, Merle. Hey, how can we help you? Listen, I sent you a photo oh, just a few minutes ago uh, discussing our lawn. We've got a few spots in it, and I don't know what it is. Initially, I thought maybe it was winter kill, but that that isn't right. Is because it? the lawn, yes, you were going to say? I said, is it the picture with the, it's a little bit longer grass, looking a little bit longer? With the brick edge and the bark mulch? Yes, yes. Okay, it, it's It started out in the spring looking good, and then as we moved along in the growing season, it it started to go, uh, started dying off. And, yeah, um, it, to me, it looks like you maybe had some, some mice damage. What I would do is it, I would probably mow it a little bit more often, try and get the mowing down a little bit more. And 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 just give it a good thinning out, like give it a, a bit of a rake. Looks like you got a little heavy thatch, and it's been growing it a little bit long. So well, grass, I got down like on my saying, hands and knees yesterday morning, and with a, a handheld rake, and I raked out all the dead stuff. Yeah, I see and... that. So now go over it with the mower, maybe lower your 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 mower one or two notches. And uh, just mow it down a little bit lower for a bit. It'll help with the airflow, help get the roots healthy. And I'm not sure if you're using our lawn fertilizer. You can do that, get that in there, and then that should definitely see a difference for sure. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't had it happen in the past. And I, I like to leave the grass yeah, long. Just so as it a, yeah. Up. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but it just sometimes you get a little bit too much in there. It just needs to get re. It's like our trees when we talk about they need to get rejuvenated. Same with the lawn; it just needs to get okay. down, I'll, cut it out, I'll, thin it out. Give that a try. Let us know. I'll give that a go. Yes, I'll let you know. Thank you so much. Take thanks, care, right? Thanks very much. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. All right, thanks, Terry, and right. uh, and thanks, Renee, for uh, looking after us, keeping all the calls in line for us. And we'll be here next week getting our garden on the day after Canada Day right here on QR Calgary.